welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon, and and I'm here with not so happy okay. with Blasi today. <laughs> we are running late for once, not because of me. Yeah, yeah because yes. of yes. Yeah. I'm sorry for the listeners that we are running nine minutes behind today. Yes, it, and it's really you know it's part of Lou's mood today. So yeah, um, Lou. Because I'm a Bill Belichick type of guy. I'm a do your job type of guy. Yes. And I just want to do my job. And yes. And Lou got sidetracked, yes. not of his own volition, yeah. and he had to do something, and it sidetracked him away from my show. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was thinking we were going to have to do your therapy for the hour, but I think you're rallying back. Yeah, well, this is par for the course, so you either have to deal with it or get buried. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lou, how was your week, or should we talk about your morning? <laughs> my week has been okay. Yes. So All I was right. up in your neck of the woods again. Yes. And and you saw. You were on the basin? I, I was. I, okay. I went up because the snowy owl is still here. You were looking for it on the basin? Well, Are there sightings on the well, basin? we walked over there. Oh, okay, yeah. So after we did, like, hours of watching the snowy owl sit. <laughs> and it will sit for hours. Hours. Yeah. Um, then we took a very long walk, and yeah, we, and it was beautiful. And I collected beautiful shells and... It was a little windy, but it was beautiful. Do anyway. you suppose the uh, snowy owls are meditating when they're sitting there? They're probably laughing they zen? at all the people that are standing there waiting for them to do something exciting. There have been several times when I've left the island and there's a little snowy owl jam on yep. the turnpike. Yep. And when I come back, everyone, you know, people are still there and the, exactly. and the owl's still there. They just sit there for hours. Yes, because it's beautiful. <laughs> it's nice. Well, you know what's... I don't know about the view of the turnpike, but... Well, the, yeah. yeah, the turnpike is not so beautiful. Yeah. But, well, so here's the thing. And this is... I had this conversation this weekend because I was there for a long time talking to people about the snowy owl. Um, and here's the thing re regarding why I bring it up on the show for one reason is that... During the pandemic, people were looking for things to do and not get, you know, contaminated, do something wrong, whatever. Yeah. But photography has become huge. Yeah. And the market for cameras and lenses and and drones and all kinds of stuff, which you're not allowed to use up on the reservation, but people are doing it up on Parker. Oh, no drone, drones no dr on the reservation? That's what it says on the sign. Oh, but it okay. also says no dogs. <laughs> And I see dogs on the on the beach all the time. You do not, do you? I, on the I do not. I did no, not. No, wait a tell second. You. <laughs> I didn't mean. It. I didn't mean it that in trouble. Way. On the refuge, you I, see yes, dogs. I see people bringing their dogs, and then other people yell at them for bringing their dogs. Didn't you read the sign? And you know. Yeah. So nonetheless, the that's a big big faux pas. That's, I know. I'm oh, I'm aware. I've seen yeah. many a confrontation about it. Yeah. So, but the you can't even have them in the car. By the way. Uh, if you go and you want to go out to the beach, you can't drive down the road with a dog in the car. Well, that's being broken. Yeah. So anyway, yep. so the photography thing and, you know, talk about like a new hobby for lots of people and a very expensive hobby, by the way, because now I'm invested in trying to find this amazing <laughs> lens that yeah. I need because this person I was talking to this weekend that was also standing for hours on end watching the snowy owl Um had an amazing lens that would fit my camera and um we were talking about how soothing and meditative it is actually the benefit of sitting there you know or walking along the refuge as you know it's like 10 miles long yeah looking for harriers and plovers and you know the the, the piping plover i know i love couldn't the get plovers. that out of i just couldn't get that out of my head from last week and lots of people comment on the the damn you know, plovers a of a week yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um but it's so great because if you have the need for getting out of the house and people are still afraid, which there are tons, um, you know, you, there's lots of really cool things to go out and do with a camera. Yeah. And you can go out in the wilderness, you can go out hiking, you go out on a beach, whatever, because, well, except for now, there's going to be a million people out on the beach. But um, in in light of the very warming weather that's coming. Yeah, I know, right? I know. So, but, you know, camera, you know, just get a basic camera and go out and, like, chill out and you need you can't use your phone to get some of these things because they're too far away so yeah. you need a, a, a good standard real camera and um and you'll get some great pictures but it's very soothing and meditative and watching like the sunset because you have to catch these things at either daybreak or sunset so you go up and hang out which we go up for hours because yeah. i just 
hope that they'll land. And every time I leave, I see pictures of people that were standing with me that the owl, when I leave, lands like four feet in front of yeah. them and, you know, eats something and I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> After I've stood there for four hours. Don't look back. That's a key life lesson. That's Don't right. Look back. Just, no regrets. Just whatever. Yep. It's, you know, mm -hmm. one of those fluky things. Yep. But there's this little section of um, these little uh, wood spikes that are coming up through the ground and part of the reservation. And I'm always saying to John, I'm like, just want him to land right there. It's uh, like I stand right there. I can see. Just come land right here and when you know it like four people posted up pictures of him of this one snowy owl because we think it's just the one that's remaining and yep i left and he landed right there and sat there for hours you think it's just one well everyone it's seems one to hold think out? it's one owl that's kind of hanging out yeah because it's like it's a little past he's, he should be gone right he, he should be gone but he's hanging and i actually did some research on why is he hanging? It's, you know, um, sometimes this happens as late as, they can stay as late as June. Mm -hmm. um, and it's usually because of the warming trend and the and the climate change. And it's off and on you get that. And so they think he'll yeah, move on. Yeah, this global warming is killing us, isn't it? Well, he's not, he doesn't have incentive to go. It's at 50 degrees out. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. He, you know, so that's one of the main, main reasons, yeah. aside from the fact that now he's in a, plethora of mice region and lots yeah. of good feeding so he comes really close to the road to get all the little mice once so the tide say wait out in the marsh and put a little mouse on top of that post you get a snowy owl i don't want to walk out in that marsh it's kind of <laughs> gross i have thought about it though i think everybody thinks about it because everyone wants that shot yeah but um i don't think they'd be too happy about that no either. i don't either and i yeah. don't want to get arrested by yeah. the the federal game warden police <laughs> yep <laughs> They have no sense of humor about these sort of things. No, they do not. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Which is why I'm surprised the dogs are down there. It really surprises me. Well, you know, I'm not ratting people out. Oh, I understand. So if people do what they do. Don't you worry, because there's plenty of people that are policing out of their own oh. moral police department and telling people how bad they are as people. For I live in the town. I'm fully aware of all of that. Yes. So there's no worries that it's being put into social norming. Don't you worry. <laughs> Right? No worries whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I um, the topic for today, we'll see if we stay on it. It's actually a couple of things because it's spring. Mm -hmm. And every time I come into the studio, I have allergies. <laughs> for yeah. some reason, as soon as I walk in here, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't breathe. This is a closed room. There's not even any well, windows Well, maybe it's here. a closed room. Maybe yeah. I'm allergic to you. Okay, maybe. I <laughs> But um, even I'm behind glass. I know you're behind glass, but yeah. still. No, but um, so before I got in here today, and I giggled to myself, thinking, "Oh, as soon as I walk in, my nose is going to start to itch, and I'm going to start to chuck up in my face," which I'm doing, which is why you keep hearing me sniff. <laughs> so attractive. Um, the highlight of people's springtime is one: mental health issues are often pushed by allergies which people sometimes realize and oftentimes they don't connect them. And then also the fact that I'm going to connect this topic today to um, decluttering and spring cleaning and combining them because of what that does for mental health issues. So so I thought we would start with one, go into the other, and then they're going to mishmash together. All right. All right. So, so allergies in general, you know, I have allergies year-round. I'm the beneficiary of <laughs> lifelong allergies, so I never have a break. But for most people, it's either fall or spring when everything's mm -hmm. either dying or sporing yes. and growing. Um, so this is a high time in pollen count, as you know, because everything outside has been covered in yellow for yes. the past two weeks. Um, the pollen count is up and everybody, you know, that has allergies or thinks that they don't have allergies, <laughs> allergies, and they're all sneezing. But what does that do? So, you know, you have, you know, you have histamines that get created and get pushed in your body. And so you, you have the now the nasally sound that I'm now having this morning, or the runny nose or the runny eyes, also, which I'm having right now. <laughs> uh, for people that don't have the visual on me, Lou. Um, but you what happens is if you're not able to clear that, um, and it's kind of a, an ongoing thing for people that don't treat it or they just kind of suffer through it. Well, you know, you end up either with headaches, you end up dehydrated, yeah. and you also end up with anxiety, agitation, and depression. I would imagine. And it creates, and people don't realize that that's connected to allergies. And it's actually, there's a lot of good science and research behind, you know, that's why there's so many medications out, one, to clear the medical condition, but also it has so many secondary um, 
impacts on people that they don't realize that, you know, if you're continually congested and you're constantly trying to clear and you're feeling down and your yep. face is heavy, it leads to like a level of, you know, at least mild depression in some people. And I've seen cases in my office where people have ongoing allergies for months and they they're treated but they're it's rough treatment and they're having a struggle and so we're battling not only the medical condition but we're also battling the 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 the, re the results of it i'm guessing it's like a frog in a pot too it, it doesn't really turn right on it's just you're right. you're just immersed in it and, mm -hmm. and it gets worse and worse and worse you don't even realize it's kind of happening you just realize that you're kind of snappy Right. Well, it's, it's kind of like when you walk into a room and it's there, but it's probably been building as you've been outside or whatever. It's yeah, it's just it's yeah. building, 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 accumulating. And then it's there and then you're kind of stuck with it. So it's, you know, you've got Claritin and Zyrtec and Sudafed and all those things. Um, and then you've got all the um, prescriptive things, you know, that are helpful. But and you um, have a lot of people dealing with late onset allergies, right? Yes. People who didn't have allergies you know, it turns on for them. I mean, I haven't, I've never had allergies, but in the last few years, I've noticed when other people are complaining, my eyes get a little itchy. My eyes, are, I feel a little itchy. Having sympathy pains? No, I just think maybe it's affecting me more than it did when I was younger. Are you sure? It's not sympathy pains? <laughs> Might be. <laughs> like if you see a pregnant woman, do you feel pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> I do have, I am, I can't watch like sports injuries and things like that because it's, very taxing on me. Do you start I do have empathetic too? pains, yes. Aw, that's so nice of you. That means you're super empathetic. Okay, yeah. It does. It really does. I'm not placating you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lou. Okay, Lou. I can't watch. This is why I can't watch um, tough movies, and I can't. I, I never watch the domestic abuse of the cancer movies or 90 Day Fiance, for crying out loud. I love how it goes from domestic abuse <laughs> to 90 Day Fiance. This is why my entertainment level is, you know, exploding cars and superheroes and good guys and, and comedies and Baywatch. Yeah, because that stuff, even emotionally, it gets to me. You're so funny. Yeah, I get on edge. Well, so so the allergy issue that you were talking about, though, is like... That, there's a there's a couple theories of why, and then, there, you know, we've got some pretty good proof of, like, you know, the late onset, you know, climate change... Speaking of snowy owls and all that stuff, yeah. but climate change, things, you know, growing for longer growing seasons, also like being delayed, um, doing more growth. I mean, there's, you know, just in the general nature of things. And then also having much more, um, I guess, incorporation of a lot of other species of trees and flowers and things that are being brought and um, they've been imported yeah. or, or migrated or transferred or people traveling and bring them back. So, so as we've gotten older, if you didn't have them before and you haven't had an issue, all of a sudden you're introduced to something that would be foreign and now it's sporing and you don't know. So it's not your standard maple, oak, yeah. pine, all those things that give you the regular. It's like something new that you don't know. Could um, it be then, also for me out on the island, we get sandblasted by pollen? It's like pollen and 20-mile-an-hour winds. Right. Well, well yeah. so, yeah. So, I mean, good good point because here I was this weekend on your island, and it was blowing on yeah. the beach, and I was having this, the draining issue. <laughs> so <laughs> gross. I was having the draining issue that I'm talking about because it was blowing, and it was just unbelievable how you could see the pollen just flying through the air, and it was yeah. constant. And so if you live... Like that in that space, you guys go from pollen to green heads and get exactly. Eaten. Right. You, you can't breathe and then you get bit to death. That's right. <laughs> Actually, knock on wood, I haven't had the green heads haven't been a big problem for me. That's good. Maybe well, it's my Italian either. blood or something. Well, yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> Maybe. It's just your blood is sour. Could be. Right. Yeah. Well, you also don't live on the reservation, and I think that's just the big breeding ground over there. Oh God, yeah. That uh, I'm like, ooh, that's a yep. that's a rough rough day at the beach july and august you do not want to be there uh -uh, i know um so but so you know one of the things i tell people is that when they have their allergies that the best thing they can do is move because people don't realize <laughs> that if you move and you exercise now i'm not saying run a mile just get out of the house and actually get into the air and get it circulated so you're getting it cleared you're actually moving it through your system. A lot of people sit home and close in and say, okay, I have really bad allergies. I can't go out. I mean, first of all, you need to treat it medically in some way because that's where you need some antihistamines. You need something. Now, not of the mind to say Benadryl. People will often self-medicate <laughs> and use Benadryl. That will knock you out. <laughs> um, just so you know, uh, it will definitely 
it will work, but it will knock you out and you'll be sleeping the whole spring. Um, but you know, there's lots of really good natural remedies out there that you can get over the counter from your, you know, your naturopath store. Um, certainly you can get your regular CVS Walgreen brand stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's a super important thing for treating that because if you're not treating that, you're likely, even if you're not a candidate for mental health issues, everyone suffers with the suffering of the medical condition of allergies. So, you know, super important for you to treat it. And then what can you do naturally? Well, moving, because you're clearing your nose, you're clearing your chest, you're clearing whatever you're getting congestion in, and then that moves it. So like, I can't wait. When I leave here, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna move so that I can get this cleared. Um, There's a mental aspect to that, isn't it? Just getting your mind on something else. Yes. Yeah. Right. So that you're not focused on how heavy your face is or how you're draining right. and you can't hear anything or your ears are ringing or things like that. So um, certainly the distractor, just like in any kind of mental health issue, <clears throat> you know, using a distractor to get through it is much better. As I'm sitting here talking about it, psychologically, I'm getting more congested. Talking yourself into it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and I sh didn't take any of my allergy medicine this morning. So now I'm in trouble. So this is very timely. Do you preempt? Do you take do. allergy medicines before? You have symptoms? It, um, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that I'm going to... Today didn't seem like an issue, so I didn't, and I was wrong. Yep. Um, so sometimes, usually, no. I usually take it right when I start feeling it, and then I take it, and then 30 minutes later, I'm good. But things like Claritin and um, Allegra and all those things, they don't work on me. Zyrtec? Uh -uh. No. No. I'm, I'm a heavy hitter. <laughs> I have long-standing allergy issues, so I have to use, like heavy stuff let me give you a hint that i may i may be the last person to know but benadryl for poison ivy mm. yeah yeah i understand i might have been the last person to learn that but yes i had a really bad case a couple of years ago and they said benadryl and it was it worked like a freaking charm yes because right because yeah. well because it goes to the nerve endings that yeah. you're getting like the itch and the and the pain from and it like s quiets it so yep. it's, it's fantastic mm. in that way yeah <laughs> it also knock you out <laughs> and sleep so you won't be I itching consider that a plus Yes. Um, uh, uh, I was going to say something about the the allergies and the medication, and um, uh, I lost my train of thought on that one, but that's okay. Um, so, so that being said, and you know, allergies in general. So, so medicate, get moving. Get so medication, get moving. Oh, that's the and local honey. So people people who have allergies, if yeah. you take you know a teaspoon or two a day, it's not going to cure it. So. Don't get me wrong. But if you take a teaspoon a day of your local honey, it has to be from the area you're getting your allergies from. So it has to be created from the clover or the whatever the flowers that are being pollinated in your in your area. So you'll find local growers of, of the flower fields that they're pollinating mm -hmm. and grabbing the flowers from and then getting the honey from, from the bees. Um, that has pretty good research on the effectiveness of quelling allergies to a certain degree for people who suffer like I do. Makes sense. So, um, kind of, kind of, you know, vaccinating yourself to yeah, an extent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the bees are helping us, by which is an important function of the bees, is giving you the honey so that you can have the the antioxidants from it, but you're also getting the um, immune boosters out of it. And they have some great research. So locally here, we have tons of local growers in the past ten years pop up because it's big market, big business for that. Yeah. So um, another thing when you really, say local. Yes, local, like within like, you know, 30 mile range okay, of yourself. Yeah, so yeah. so within your, you know, like if you go into the grocery store and you see something from Massachusetts, eh, it's better to go to like your little farmer's market stand right. or you go to like one of your little mom and pop cool little country stores that we all have around us yep. that you get, you know, oh, you know, Sally's honey and, yep. you know, Subi's honey and all those things so that it's it's local to the, the town you're in or local to the close towns you're in because it gives you the immune boost, immune, immune booster for the for allergies that you're probably suffering from. So I'm a big fan of that. It doesn't work 100%, but it certainly helps. I'm going to experiment on my girlfriend with the placebo oh effect of that. Are you? Yes. I want to hear about this. This yeah. is going to be fun. This should be entertaining. I'm tell her it helps and see if, see if it psychologically helps. Oh. Does she have really bad allergies? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's good. But you have to get like local, so we have yeah. a good we have a good test ground. Well, though, if I were going to do the actual placebo, I would it would need a control group. I'd have to do right. So non-local. Are, are you going to do? But are you going to do both? Or are you just going to no. do? I'm just. I'll get a local. Okay. I'll say this will help. Okay. Let's see what happens. Okay. Are you going to tell her I said so? Um, well, <laughs> yes, because 
Because yeah, if, if I said so, the, the credibility would be I zero. The credibility will be there. <laughs> exactly. You don't have that credibility. That's funny. Don't have a shred of credibility. Oh my god. Um, that's funny. All yeah. right. I have to swallow. Yep. Okay. So, um, so moving along to one of the reasons why people also get allergies and kick up their allergies is because people do spring cleaning. Oh yeah. And so when you start doing spring cleaning, both outside and in, you're kicking up <coughs> dust, dust mites, pollen spores yeah all the mold pet hair pet hair pet dander yeah pet dander all these things so um when you go to do that it also creates allergies and med- mental health issues um but the the piece about cl- decluttering yourself in 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 conjunction with allergies <laughs> um is more about the fact that the mental health issue that leads to having to declutter or to spring clean is really the front load on that, not the allergies. The allergies are the subset of what happens after yeah. you do that. Because in the springtime, a lot of times people are just so ready to get out there and get the doors open and the windows open and get rid of the stuff that they've accumulated in the in the winter and so on. But now, given the pandemic, people have accumulated a lot of stuff because Amazon was bought. No, you know, daily deliveries from Amazon yes. and Wayfair and yeah. whatever else. So um, typically... And I'll use the frame of reference of like post-traumatic stress. People who have post-traumatic stress struggle with mental health issues on top of their PTSD mm-hmm. um, or their PTSS. Um, they struggle with clutter because the more clutter you have in your house or the more clutter in your life in terms of things, possessions or tchotchkes or whatever, yeah. um, the more a person struggles with their anxiety and their symptoms. So you could say that for PTSS, you could say that for anxiety disorders, you can say that for um, depressive disorders, OCD. Yeah. Um, so pretty much across the board, most most of the disorders can get triggered. But I use PTSD because um, the trauma of being feeling like you're in a chaotic environment makes it worse. Yeah. When you have anxiety, the trauma of the the chaos around you makes it worse. So it's the same kind of theory across the board. So um, when people are coming out of the pandemic, and and this is a big topic now, is that getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff and really clearing your space is super important um, for your mental health because when you get rid of stuff, when you feel like you have more control over your environment and it doesn't feel like the environment's controlling you, it makes a big difference in how you feel. This is a big thing for me. Oh, it is? I'm a non-clutter guy. Are you so you're a minimalist? Yeah, you I mean, it's minimalist? not that strong, but I like to see some baseboards, and I, li- I like a relatively clean environment, and uh-huh. you know, not clean, clean. I mean, just like clutter free. No, clutter free. Like you don't exactly. like a lot of stuff on top of stuff. Yeah, right. As little as possible on the counters, just right. everything where it's supposed to be. You know, that type of thing. So, so because you said that, I'm going to go jump to this for a second because I was going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, but kitchens we spend a lot of time in kitchen right most people do their entertaining in the kitchen yep. most people do a lot of their time just with each other in the kitchens you know that and sometimes the living room but it's usually the kitchen because people just do that um so great research on and evidence-based outcomes on the fact that the more um clutter stuff junk food items pots pans cool little appliances bags of chips, whatever it is, that cover your kitchen counters, mm-hmm. the more likely you will gain weight. Interesting. Yes. Really? Isn't that isn't that right? You didn't see that coming, did you? I didn't you? see that coming, no. no. Right. I'm trying so, to put those pieces together now. Right. So, the, so there's a couple pieces that go to making that happen. The visual cue is the most important piece here. The visual cue of the clutter, which makes you feel out of control. Yeah. And the items, appliances that cook fun things like cakes and cupcakes and cookies, right? And the appliances that make mashed potatoes or blenders, toasters, um, you know, uh, butter on the counter, oils on the counter, everything that's a visual cue like that, plus if people are sort of hoardy and then leave, you know stuff spatula equals pancakes spatula right or they come in and they also have like their keys their mail their you know whatever it is that creates the kitchen table issue and the and the table's dirty and like what it does is the visual cue 
brings up the emotional response of feeling not in control and overwhelmed. And instead of the, the direction of the brain going towards, I'm going to clean this, the brain is already in a space of an emotional trigger. Yep. And it goes right to opening a refrigerator. Or I'm bothered something. by this, so I'm going to have something so to eat. So I'm going to have something to eat. Yeah. Instead of being aware that if I clean this and it's totally visually clear, I'm not going to do that. So when I have people who have like eating issues or they're obese and they're struggling with emotional eating, that's one of the first things I have them do is we need to clean the kitchen. How clean is your kitchen? Interesting, yeah. Because the kitchen visuals are super important to um, having zero things on the counter, like maybe a bowl of fruit that are cues that are healthy or maybe, you know, like um, a little thing of oil that's healthy. So it's triggering that you have healthy things there, not, you know, yeah, no. Your fo- life. I, I don't do food on the counter. Right. There's a toaster oven and a Keurig, and that's about it. Right. So Keurig or coffee makers, one thing. Yeah. You know, but like your blenders, your toasters, yeah. um, piles of mail, um, chips or things. You know, people come in and put all their little snacky. But things. I do the piles. I the pile of mail is on my kitchen, but I do that purposely. That's to aggravate me to pay the damn thing. It keeps it in front of me because if I don't have it in front of me, I, I, it'll get a wash and everything else. So, so many people do that. So, yeah. but on the other side of that, what what I see in my practice is that many people do that, and it becomes a stack. Yeah. That becomes then. Yeah. Multiple piles and then multiple piles on the chair. Now you can't eat yeah, there. No, no, no. And so, so I'm talking in that extreme of oh, like see, people, yeah. and there's a lot of people like that. I know some listeners will be like, that doesn't happen. I, I will tell you. Oh, it happens. I will tell you that there's more people that don't eat in their own kitchen because their kitchen has now become the mailroom. Yep. And the junk mailroom and the, the, you know, the garbage and the whatever. So, so it's, you know, visual cues are super important for people who have the anxiety issues or depressive issues or PTSD issues because everything really needs to be cleaned out. Um, regardless of like the eating issue and being gain, gaining weight, we're just talking on a general basis of like if you don't have a diagnosis of anxiety, it doesn't matter because your brain just automatically keys into, oh, it's cluttered, it's out of control. And so people who live in those conditions, we have seen and research says that they're more likely to eat more, gain more weight because they're feeling out of control. Yeah. So similar to, you know, eating in the living room in front of a TV or eating in your bedroom on in your bed, you know, it's got a similar quality. But the visual cue, the visual cue in the kitchen is the thing that makes that happen. Can't so, eat in front of your TV. That's a bad thing. You what? Can't eat in front of your TV. That's a bad thing. You So it's not, well, it's not a bad thing. So I wouldn't say it's a good yeah. or bad thing. So what it is is when you eat in front of the TV, and I have to say that I do do that because I do, because yeah. um, it's time consuming for me not to sometimes, to not, you know, it's just whatever. Right. Um, you are more likely to eat more when you sit in front of the TV because you're mindlessly eating. You're not mindfully paying attention to you eating or being in front of someone talking, yes. which slows you down. And you're not only going to be inclined to eat um, more, but you're going to be inclined to eat more of the foods that are comfort foods yeah. n- if you make them, not of the salad or the protein that you make. You're right. going to go to the back for the potato or the rice or the pasta, and you can simplify that by not making it, but yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> right, but or making smaller portions. But the the distractor of the mindlessness of now not paying attention to what you're doing, you tend to eat faster. You tend to go back for seconds or thirds because your body's not registering that it's full because you're not paying attention to the actual food. You're not paying attention to the the interaction of your body with the food. So you're switching. Your head isn't going off Yep. to say, oh, you're full. So by the time you go for your second plate, it's like, oh, I'm already full. But you're, you still finish it because you're right. sitting in front of the TV because the, the TV is going to be your distractor. So hence... You got to weight yeah. gain, right? So, so there's lots of different things there. So it's not that it's bad, but you have to be mindful if you're doing that. That you, if you're going to do that, you should be mindful yeah. of of that, you know. Or if you're watching an intense program or something that triggers you, like news or yeah. something sad, you're more likely to eat more. Yeah, which I, is why movie theaters make great amounts of money. I would imagine because. Yeah. It's all party foods and fun foods and comfort foods. And and when I was doing the weight thing, for me, I'm a very quick eater. So I had to consciously give myself time to be full. Right. You know, because I could easily do two helpings in 20 minutes. I mean, it's easy because I'm just a quick eater. 
Right. But in 20 minutes, you don't have time to know you've eaten enough. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you're, cause, and that's because your brain doesn't register it that right. fast. So, And if you're distracted by something else that's keeping your brain distracted, and we're not talking about having conversations, which actually slow people down, you're just not paying attention, and then yeah. it's too late, which is how people can have two pieces of cake and ice cream. And, you know, it's, yep. it's endless because you're not paying attention. Um, I don't think I suffer from anxiety anymore, at least not constantly. But right. uh, the whole non-clutter thing for me, it goes the other way. It's not necessarily fighting anxiety. It's creating peace. Like, well, that's kind of saying the same thing, though. You're creating peace so that you don't have the anxiety by having clutter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, but it's not treating anxiety. It's encouraging peace. I know that's probably a real thin line. Yeah. <laughs> like, As I'm saying I'm like, this, I'm, like, I'm seeing I'm the look on your face. I'm just smiling at you yeah. like, do you hear yourself? Yeah. Are you listening to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, yeah, so I think, so to the point of, encouraging people it's, more, it's not that i am anxious it's like i don't want to be anxious right so well yeah. so right so you yeah. have so you've done like you're like the perfect patient right yeah, sure. when it comes to yeah. that because you've done the thing that needs to happen to keep yourself at peace so that your visual eye line is peaceful so that you're not aggravated by whatever would be all over the counter or you know so it's nice and tidy for yourself yeah. now the other side of that is you know people with ocd you have to be really careful because then it's the other side and it's out of control because you're in too much control and that creates anxiety. But that's less likely the issue of like the decluttering that leads to the stress of I think I have a tinge. Well, everybody has a everybody a has tinge. a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's a matter of does it become pathological? <laughs> Sometimes like the the living space it's it's kind of open. It's got a yeah. sitting area and the kitchen is open yeah. to that and the living room, but it's all open. Yeah. And sometimes the garbage will be taken out and this drives me nuts taken out of the barrel and then they'll put it by the door yeah it's like no the barrel is outside you haven't taken the trash out until it's in the barrel right and it, the and that garbage bag is in my space it's in, it's that, in your eye line it's yeah it's in my open clear space and that's so that's so i the, have to get up and take it out to the so barrel. that's part of the visual cue for people who overeat and um gain weight is that's so if you think of like a square kitchen right mm -hmm. and you have counters and you have all that stuff and a garbage pail that's overflowing yeah. for instance all that combination in the garbage pail. And one of, I have read a study a couple of weeks ago that was about like garbage shouldn't be in certain spots because it's a trigger for in the kitchen for eating. It should be like tucked away, making sure that if it's one of those lid drop, you know, right. up and down, that the lid should never be up. That means it's too full. That means it's, right. a, it's a metaphor for you don't need to be eating because it's too, right? So there's all these really yeah. cool little um, connections to that. So, you know, having your... Um, anxiety come up over that garbage bag it does not surprise me because that happens to lots of people and then some people who are, have succumbed to it they just allow it to be overflowing overflowing and yeah you it, it's more like when they take the bag out and close it but instead of taking it all the way out to the trash they, it's, right. it's in the it's by the door it's like right no <laughs> I, I get up and just take it because, right yeah. well because you know that that keeps you in your peace mode yeah exactly right right so so you're like a great example Lou, of like how you've actually done the work to train yourself into a space of exactly what I'm trying to get people to see is that if you keep your space less cluttered, you'll have less issue with functioning. Yeah. I mean, essentially that's what happens so that you're not distracted by something that will agitate you or irritate you or that will trigger you to do something like behaviorally like, oh, there's a spatula, right? The yeah. spatula is left out. Like, oh, if you put it away, it's out of sight. And when it's out of sight, you're not then conjuring up like cookies, baking pancakes, whatever right. you're doing, because spatulas trigger a memory for doing something, right? Baking pans, cupcake pans, donut boxes. You know, people bring in, you know, donuts on Sunday morning and, you know, take them out of the thing. If you've got leftovers, you want to keep them. If you've got kids or whatever, put them in a baggie and store yep. them away. Get the cue out of your visual space because psychologically, the the social the social media of the, of the rapper is drawing you in yeah. to do what you're trying not to do it's like it's so either that or throw it away you yeah. know so you're getting rid of the thing that's the excess because they all connect metaphor wise and yeah. literally to like your issues across the board and they're, they're more likely to make you overwhelmed we because about, you won't be able to stop yourself we talked about adhd a couple yes. episodes ago yes. and it's funny you keep using the word distraction and that's kind of what it is for me you know how many times maybe it's because i'm hyper vigilant of this right now mm -hmm. i'm hyper aware of this mm -hmm. 
But society and life in general, you know how many times in my head in the past week I've said stay on task? Not for me, but for other people. It's like you just watch them start something, and then it's like they're off on something else. It's like stay on task. Let's get this done. You know, uh, you you do know who I live with, right? <laughs> so and he's not listening right now today because yeah. he's doing something. He's on task. Yeah. <laughs> so I can pick on him today because I don't know if he'll listen. But yeah, I I feel that because I have that in my life where it's like especially when I have to work with people. Task. Yes. When I have to work with people and a job needs to get done because yes. I tend to work alone a lot. But if I have to work with people in my head all the time, it's like stay on task. Don't get distracted by this. Let's do this. Let's get this done. Yeah. And then yeah. we can go chase that rabbit well and so but that's what that's what clutter is to me it's like right. like walking by the sink with a couple dishes in it for me is like right you know well and so see this is to the point is so when you're when you, okay so that's just general like everyday stuff all year round stuff so yeah. not even to the point of like spring cleaning but so when we talk about people with ptsd or anxiety or ocd the the cleanliness factor gives relief and peace to the head space yeah. of having to control for something that feels out of control. <coughs> so <coughs> leaving the house, like I don't leave the house with dishes in it. And if I do, I think about it and I'm like, Ugh. and it's not because I'm OCD. It's just because it makes me feel like everything was completely taken care of, which I've been doing since I was young. Like yeah. that makes me, you know, happier. I was yeah. also in a, in a household when I was growing up, that was very chaotic clutter. Yeah. So, um, Plus, I'm you're sure probably like me. I, I'm sure the people I live with would disagree with that, but that <laughs> is my experience, which is mine, and I can say that. And you're probably like me a lot, where it's like I got to take care of my stuff. Right. I don't want anyone getting on me because my stuff isn't done. Right. And you exactly. know, if there's addition to sink, it's like I, you know, whether it's mine or not, that's my stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so it's so it's about being able to really. So let me break this down because there's a lot of pieces of this so yeah. far. So so decluttering. In general, the kitchen is helpful for people around emotional eating, whether or restricting. It doesn't have to be just onto the emotional eating to be heavier. It's also making sure that you're feeling in control for yourself, so that you don't have all the cues that make you feel like, you know, you have to restrict your your food because there's so much there. Right. So just keeping like counter spaces clean, everything nice and clean. When you take something out, putting it away gives you the sense of control that's actually realistic, reasonable, and rational because it's not a facade. You're not just faking it out. I'm keeping things in an order. That doesn't mean you have to be obsessive compulsive about it. It just means you have to have the visual line clear. So now that's for everything in your house. Bathrooms, bedrooms. You know, Bedrooms are the other place. So we'll go to the bedroom now and talk about the fact that the same goes for the bedroom. You're more inclined to lay in the room in the bed when there's more clutter and you're enveloped by lots of stuff and be in that depressive mode than you are with a nice spacious like yeah even if it's a small little bedroom if you have dark lighting if you have like heavier furniture for instance people love dark furniture right that's fine but that means that you have to have some space and airiness about it so that you don't feel down yeah you don't have to have a mental health issue to have this happen because it, it feels like it's enclosing right. on you and your brain reacts to that going oh this is heavy this you know we psychologically manifest these things without even having the conscious awareness that there's a lot now you have that happen and then you add in you know, lots of blankets and, you know, uh, maybe you have your computer there and you have TV and then you've got a chair with, yep. you know, piles of clothes or you have, um, you know, whatever box that you brought in from something two weeks ago. Amazon. Been a, right. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and so um, I was just talking to a client yesterday that exactly this scenario that I said we need because he's like, I haven't done it yet. I haven't. Like you need to do this because he kept talking about it. You've got to be able to do this. So, what instead of it feeling overwhelming, I always put it in that it's like a hoarding house. When someone looks at a hoarding house, and you've heard me talk about this before, when someone looks at their hoarded house, and they have to clean it because they're the state's going to come in and take it, kind of thing. They're under duress. They get overwhelmed. They shut down. Same thing is like a bedroom or a kitchen that's like overpowering to you. It's you can't. You'll get it done in a week if you start just with a little five five foot square. Right. Not even two feet. Like just do this little section because sometimes in two feet there's there's more in the two feet that could fit in the closet, right? So clean out that pile of mail. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the thing about mail, 
I mean, I know we're jumping a little bit, but the thing about mail for the clutter, now people who stack mail in the mental health side of this oftentimes, and I don't think this is you because of the way you said it, but oftentimes people will stack mail and stack mail and stack mail because there's bills in it that they don't want to deal with. Yeah. So it gets buried under the junk and it gets, so there's no separation of like junk, bill, junk, you know, magazine, whatever. So now it's there and it now is representing huge stress yeah. of the mounting financials on you, which, right. you know, and then we, okay, so now you put that in a bedroom. Yeah. So now you're laying in bed and you've got the box from Amazon that you haven't unpacked for the unnecessary purchase that you probably made. Yes. And then you've got the seven weeks worth of mail that you only opened two things out of and you just let sit. Yep. Right. Or and a whatever. Two-week two week pile of clothes. And... Two-week pile of clothes or mix of... I have one client that has like their dirty clothes and their clean clothes and they're all I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so these are all things that you can either get really overwhelmed with, which is what people do. Cause just listening to that, right. I'm thinking about yeah. it. Oh, it's so overwhelming for people, but then doing a little bit at a time to not get behind to then have it pile up again, you know, the procrastination, so procrastination and the cluttering issue go hand in hand. Yeah. The more you procrastinate, the more clutter, the more clutter, the more you procrastinate. And by the time you're done, you're in a hoarding house. Yeah. In the extreme versions, right? So then you go to declutter and now you've got massive allergies and you've got physical issues, which is why that show hoarders is often very good for people to watch because it talks most of the time about the safety issue of the medical conditions that people suffer when they live in a condition that yeah. creates, you know, breathing problems, weight problems, uh, diabetes, cardiomyopathies, heart attack, like it, all these things that people are like, oh, really, that can't be possible. But actually, that's true. Sure. And it doesn't have to be on that extreme. I use that as the example so people can get the visual, but it's just in even moderation of you know, living in little cocoons or being enveloped by stuff yeah. is, you know, it's very just, difficult it's for people. So, um, it's so oppressive. I mean, yes. having a living space that is, and you know, I'll use the word clean, but I don't mean it in the way that it's being brought, just a, a, con a conducive, peaceful area to live in, to right. sit in, to watch TV in, to right. cook in, that's, it's such a benefit. Right. Because if that stuff is on you all the time, you're just looking at piles of stuff. You're just looking at failure is what you're looking at. Right. And you, and what happens is it's like the diffusion of responsibility. Somebody's going to pick it up, you know. So yeah. that's initially sort of part of the initial phase of like seeing like whatever it is uh, that's there. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's really accumulation over time because people don't just happen overnight to be like this. It just ends up being they don't see it anymore. Yeah. It becomes, it's like sitting in Yankee Candle. You don't smell it anymore <laughs> yeah, because guess, it's, yeah. it's diffused, right? It's yep. there, but you just don't see it anymore. You don't smell it anymore. It's not a problem because you've just gotten so used to it. So when someone says, you know, I, I was working with a client a few years ago that um, he was he was separating from his, his spouse and he had a child with the spouse and um, he he has PTSD and he had to leave the house because it was triggering him so much and he didn't want his child living in it but obviously you know yeah. it's a whole thing but and I knew the family really well and I went in to kind of help I was going to bring an organizer for them and he definitely saw it because he wasn't the one that was creating the the stuff yeah. but she and I think even to this day she would still not be able to report that it was really as bad as it was but right. you know I often refer to hoarding houses that I've been in over the 25 years of doing this as the Ho Chi Minh Trail usually. Like it's like the little trail yeah, that right, got yeah. pathwayed through. Yeah. And that was what it was like that you know in the extreme versions of that, you know, piles of clothes and and boxes and piling up in hallways and you know whatever it was and dirty dishes yeah. and um and the the lack of awareness because it had become so normal. Yeah. And when I said, do you see this to her? Do you see what's going on? Do you see that what this is creating? They ended up having a huge mouse and rat issue. They yeah. had, I mean, it was just quite something. And and she just couldn't see it. Yeah. It just. What's and that's the really, problem? Yeah. That's really common because it was just, well, this is normal. Yeah. You know, if, if you live, if you live in squalor, if you live in dirt, that's what the norm is. If you so and it what it becomes is, like you said, so oppressive that to see it as anything different to get out of it, there's no motivation to because you become so submitted to what you're living like because it is what it is. And it's yep. easier. 
you know, the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't, even though it's painful, you'll still stay in it. Yeah. So it took a lot to get that moving, um, which I won't go into, but it, yeah. it took a lot for me to get that moving. Um, and, oh, that's uh, typical of hoarders, right? There's a, there's a huge threshold. Yes. And usually oh. it begins with clearing out a foot or two. Right. Or exactly. just getting them to give up one time on something. Well, and that, that kind and of the, cracks and the, the door. Right, and having stuff because so the visual cue was one thing so the other piece of this was people feeling that they need for possessions mm-hmm. um and oftentimes the generalization i can make here is more often than not you'll see that people who have depressive anxiety issues or feel more overwhelmed and have like weight issues and diabetes and all those things those come from households where something traumatic has happened in that person's life um, and there's, and it hasn't been dealt with, you know, it could be a loss, it could be yep. death, it could be job, it could be something. And so what ends up happening? It's emotional hoarding. Is, it's all about, <laughs> right. It's yeah. all emotional. And the person sits in, they, sometimes they're aware of it and sometimes they're not. And so what they do is they, you know, if they're not aware, it just gets worse and worse and worse. But sometimes people who are semi-aware, they have a little control gap on it and keep it, but they're just so victim to their own pattern yeah that the anxiety it's just a perpetual loop of staying in the in the alert state because the threat generation is there that if they don't have the possessions and they don't keep everything there together with them that somehow the that loss of giving those things up or getting rid of and decluttering will also somehow emotionally push them towards that that trauma that they had right lost death job whatever loss is loss whether uh-huh. it is your possessions or whether it right. is a person or a job or right yeah. and, and so oftentimes people say i don't understand how can they have that much or you know stuff and how can they live like that it's like well this is why because it doesn't it it makes sense it may not make sense to you but it makes sense to the context of this person's life and why people hold on to the memories or they hold on to something or they buy more stuff to fill the space that's empty yep because it helps them, but that's only temporary. You know, it's the addiction of hoarding. One of the biggest mental health battles is control, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically searching for control, and it becomes like a it becomes like attention where if you can't get positive attention, you'll take negative attention. You'll take yeah, yeah right. even negative control. It's like right. that magazine is not going anywhere. It's right, been here since '58. It's not going anywhere. Well, because you're going to read it. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. Plus, it's yours. Well, yeah, but you're going to read it. Yeah. This is. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to use that. I'm going to catch up on that Eisenhower article. <laughs> well, it's so funny because um, speaking of decluttering and, and I, you know, I practice what I preach. So I went up into my attic and I'm, I'm trying to, I, I try to do something at least once a week on something to get rid of. And I'm, it's been good. I've been getting rid of stuff for the really? past year. Really? You have year. a weekly plan? Something has to yeah, go? I always have to, yeah. <laughs> trying to get rid of something that, you know, I've really, if, so if I haven't used it in six months, if I haven't used it in six months and it's not something that's timely of season that, it, you know, like obviously something that I would use in the winter I wouldn't but I'd keep but if it's something I haven't used in six months and it's really something I don't need it's out but but when I went up in the attic I was of the mind that when my parents had moved from one of their homes to their newest home they're in I finally accumulated a whole bunch of stuff that <laughs> I got dropped with you know and I was like ah, I never went through it as a but I went up, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, why would I ever keep all this stuff? I mean, it was stuff from, like, seventh grade. Yeah. It was papers and books and great time going through it. To like, And I was like, oh, I'm getting rid of this stuff. Because what is it? It's going to sit up in your attic. And this is the conversation I have with someone, you know, that has these issues that keeps everything. It's like, you have the memory, but it's going to sit up in the attic. You're never going to look at it. You say you're going to look at it, but it really never happens. Yeah. But it's the convincing to get it over the top that it's really not going to happen. And certainly you're not going to throw everything away. So I often say, you know, keep one thing, you know, keep keep one thing. But it's super hard. So I just yeah. got rid of, I have all these books from college. Because, you know, when you're in college and it was some time ago, yep. I'm like, I'm going to use these books. Yeah, no. No, I'm not. Because <laughs> no, most of them are, even though they're psychology and whatever, they're all out of date. Except yep. for Grey's Anatomy, which I have for my, my medical books. Like, you know, and they're yeah. super popular to still have. But other than that, so I had to go through. But and, it's nostalgia. It's like well, it's they've nostalgia. been rewritten a hundred times, plus it's on the Internet. Right. Plus, yeah. Exactly. And who yeah. needs all that stuff? So right. was, there was a big donation a while back for that. And I still got more. But it's but here's the other side of that is when you do that, the sense of relief and accomplishment, even though hey, it's up in the attic, out of sight, out of mind. No, it's actually like, okay, it feels a little less heavy. It feels a little less daunting because you're not holding on to something that really 
you don't need. Yeah. Um, but that's hard for people who have trauma or people who have depressive or anxiety issues because the holding on to that is symbolic of letting go of some piece of themselves yep. as opposed to just saying, like, this is going to actually relieve me and give me some space and peace. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's do a little therapy here because uh, okay. it is so funny this came up because just last night I was standing in the shed and uh, my girlfriend was trying to get me to get rid of two sleeping bags. Okay. They're in the shed. Yeah. And it's like I got really defensive about it. And it's like, you know, I started I started attacking in reverse. You want to get rid of something, get rid of half of your shoes. <laughs> that type of thing. But then it, almost immediately afterwards, and it's so funny this show came up today because I've been thinking about it all morning. I'm thinking to myself, why am I holding on to these sleeping bags? I have no use for these sleeping bags. Just throw them out. You well, know, but they, it, but, but it became an somehow it became an emotional thing. It wasn't about the sleeping bag. Something else was going on there. I don't know. So okay, so okay. Well, you open the door. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So well, so the first question, if we were sitting in the session, I would say, so Lou, did the sleeping bags have special meaning? Did you use them on a special trip? Did they have special meaning between you and your son? I mean, was there something specific, right? No. So, you, so okay. So the answer is no, no, right? So then the next. Well, thing, nothing positive. They what? Nothing positive. Oh. They're oh. T attached to a bad time, and I would I would sleep in the I'd use the sleeping bag as blankets. Oh. Right. Okay. So I, I, why would I be nostalgic for a rough period? Why would you hold on to the period? bad thing, right? Yeah, okay. Well, so okay. So not let's, that that came up. I don't think that was part of it. So we're gonna put that over to the side because yeah. I don't think that's it. Because right, but it could yeah. be because people hang on to stuff that's yeah. you know negative. Yeah. But but knowing relationships. It, it was a control skirmish. The fact is that what she told you, yes. right, to get rid of them. Yep. Yeah. So now it took it out of your. So you went right to because your response was, "Well, how about you get rid of your shoes?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's a control. That exactly. would be the on the surface the most easy thing to think. Oh well, she told you to do something. You're not going to do it. So it's a power struggle between the two of you. Like I'll get rid of my sleeping bags when you get rid of your forty pairs of shoes. Yeah. Um, so at, at that level, but I would imagine there, even though it was a bad memory to those sleeping bags, there's a little pull there to keep them because it, it marks a time of something that meant something, even though it was negative. Yeah. So, so and they were positive because I'm a, I'm a heavy, I'm, you know, there's been this thing over the last few years about heavy blankets and yes. stuff like that. Yes. I always thought that was a benefit. I liked sleeping bags because they were heavy. Right. I like that feeling. Yes. So there's probably some comfort there right. in that time. But it, no, it was a control skirmish. Yes. And exactly. it was like all the things we have to deal with right now, you're worried about those two sleeping bags. Right. It's like, <laughs> right. So so you, you know, project it out on her. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of your shoes. And and that's what people do. I mean, so, jo jokingly, see, I, I didn't tell her to oh, get yeah. rid of her shoes. No, and, I know. Yeah. I know it was joking. But that's yeah. what people do. I mean, yeah. I, I've had those conversations when, you know, John will buy it. John's a, a, a shoe whore. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way today. around. Thank God he's a shoe whore. Yeah. So, and, and he will say that I am as well, but no, not in comparison. So shoes every, like fashion shoes or shoes like oh, he's a military guy, hiking, so functional hiking. Hiking yeah, boots exactly. yeah. and sneakers for running. Yeah, and that's trail. gear. It's not, uh, those aren't not, shoes, those are gear. Help. No, 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 <laughs> no. Yeah. And we're not talking cheap. We're talking like yeah. for Christmas two years in a row, I bought him a 600 pair of like ice climbing boots that are bright green. And then after I bought those, he's like, well, that's, well, that's for that. We need these. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like right. me when I was a kid, I had eight pairs of skates. Well, yeah, so, and it's like, right. why do you need eight pairs of skates? Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> I do. <laughs> so I zip, uh, so I zip yeah. my lip because I have a, I have a thing for certain types of high heel shoes that, <laughs> that are expensive. So, yeah. but occasionally, because of the same thing, he'll say, "I'm getting this pair of thing," and I'm like, mm, "Are you gonna get rid of the other? <laughs> You're gonna get rid of the other yeah. pair of shoes first? So I occasionally will say that because I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. But then he'll say, "I don't know. Are you gonna get rid of your Jimmy shoes?" <laughs> I'm like, "No." <laughs> but I'm going to go home today, and those, and not because of this conversation. I was there anyway, but I'm going to go home today, and those sleeping bags are going to be gone. Because oh, sure. It, it, Don't give me any credit for helping you. That's no, fine. No, no. I was already there. Okay. But it was, and it's kind of the self-awareness part of it. It's like, why the hell did I dig in on those sleeping bags last night? I have no attachment yeah, to those sleeping bags. Yeah, it's just a control bags. thing. Yeah. Now, now, see, I'm going to put a little wrench in this. I'd sell them because <laughs> they, they're going to get you money because somebody will buy those and put them up on Facebook Marketplace for like 10 bucks a piece and you'll get 20 bucks. No, that's... I'll get twenty bucks, but that will require social interaction. Okay. It's not worth the twenty bucks. And all to all listeners, you're getting a sense of who Lou is. Yes. 
Lou is showing his colors today, everyone. I don't understand that. You go on Facebook Marketplace or something, and someone's selling something for 15 bucks. It's like, you got to interact with a human to get that 15 bucks. <laughs> is it really worth it? Oh, my God. <laughs> a random human, too. Someone you don't know. Okay. <laughs> and next week's show, everyone, next is going to be on yeah. Lou's issues. <laughs> yeah. But so going back to the stay on task thing, let's use that because, listen, if you're going to do a spring cleaning or something, just go out and clutter the counter. Don't get overwhelmed by the whole house. Right. Exactly. It's just, just clear the counter. It's just, right. And so that's why I did the And by the way, bed. isn't the key to that often take everything off the counter? Yes. Don't even decide what you want to put back and not at the time. Just get it all off. Get it all off. Clear yeah. it down. Because once you actually get the visual cue of everything being cleared off, it's like, oh. Yeah. Because it, it frees you up. It psychologically right. changes your neurochemistry. And people don't realize this. But it's like, oh, wait off. Even though it might be behind you on the table and you put it all there. Right. Now you're going to be forced. Well, some people don't. <laughs> to clear off the table. Well, but you're, then you're going to be more inclined to be like, oh, I have places for that. I can put that away. You're re-leveraging your resistance to change. Right. Exactly. Because now the change is putting stuff on the counter. So you're more selective about what you do. Well, you're more selective. And all of a sudden, when you start putting things back and you get one or two things, you're like, oh, I don't want more. Because yeah. you can see it start building back in. And it's a, in the, again, it's a metaphor for when you're putting stuff back on the counter. Think about it's putting stuff back in your head. Pressure. Right. right you know heavy feeling it's the same thing as the allergies on your head and face it's the yep. pressure of the i can't feel in control because i feel somewhat out of control in this way yep. it's not i don't have ability to take take some charge over this that's a good point it puts some control back in your hand yeah. what does go back on the counter right yeah exactly in other words you're not controlled by i can't get rid of that you're controlled right. by you're, you're controlling what goes in the counter right. and i'm guessing most people are going to feel probably subtle but going to feel relief with an empty counter exactly yeah exactly because it's 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 all in your remember sensory information is what triggers us to do you know thought feeling behavior so visual and he, visuals are biggest sensory for right. most people so when you see it it triggers some something in you we all have our own but it will trigger something that will create a feeling that will lead us to a behavior that's either going to be healthy or not healthy for us. Right. So when you have this particular condition and you have kitchen, bedroom, bathroom, mostly your living spaces, bathrooms typically not yeah. really big triggers, but kitchen, bedroom, living room, clearing, 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 keep it nice and clean because it keeps your headspace clean yep. and it keeps you into sense of like, okay, I'm okay. And it also gives you more motivation to move because it's freeing space like it has all these super benefits and it keeps the allergy stuff down because you don't have <laughs> sporing of of stuff of mold and other things right and nothing in the bedroom right i mean god even a tv you should be reticent about putting a tv in there well i can't i, I have tvs you in have everywhere. tvs in, yeah. i have tvs in everywhere yeah right but yeah but it's up on the wall yeah so it's not sitting as you know like a lot of people have like tv stands and then they have stuff on the stands, yeah. you know, and more stuff. So there's no way. But it's so like it's if people clean. actually put their mail in their, in their bedroom. Oh, yeah. Uh, the bedroom's supposed to be a place where you sleep, uh, get I'm, away from all that stuff. I am stuff. aware of this. Yeah. This is one of, so this is one of the hardest things about the pandemic with kids and people. They're working from home. And sometimes, not everybody, clearly, but I've had many a conversation where, especially with kids, you cannot do school in your bed. You cannot do school laying down on the floor of your bedroom, right? You know, and, and unfortunately, now and, that you and mention people's it, too. Like yeah. you know, the funny thing is, party up here, pajamas on the bottom. <laughs> now, if I had to do it over again now yes. with parenting, it's funny you bring up an interesting thing because we train our children poorly in this regard. Their entire life is in their bedroom, mm -hmm. so when they're getting ready to sleep, they've got everything to distract right. them. Everything. That's their entire right. life is their bedroom. Bedroom is for sleeping and relaxing. So when I have like kids with sleep issues or, or adults with sleep issues, I usually there's a there's a list of things that I'm like, oh, that can't be done in your bedroom. That can't be done in your bedroom. That can't be done in your yeah. bedroom because it's built this. It's not for sleep anymore. Now it's for activity. Yeah. Well, that's the way we set up our kids' rooms nowadays. Right. 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 Everything the they own. Right. Everything they like. Everything they enjoy right. is right next to the right. bed where they're trying to sleep. Right. Yeah. And I have a great, I knock on wood, I have some really great clients that listen to my advice when I have said it, at the beginning of the pandemic and then even outside of that, just saying like, kids should do homework in open spaces. Yeah. Living room, kitchen, 
right? Where it's light, bright, not in your bedrooms where the lighting typically kids like their rooms a little bit darker. They like to have the, the you know, the blind shut. Not everybody, but there's a yeah. lot of kids that do that. It's like, it's not healthy. And I don't like to write at home. I don't do a lot of writing at home. I, I get, well, with the pandemic, it, it got tough, but before it was coffee shops. Yeah. I had places where I'd go. It, right. it was kind of like an office. It was a setting got you in a mindset. Right. At home. Right. You got, you know, the garbage is, the garbage bag is sitting in the middle of the kitchen. And there's dishes in the sink. And exactly. And how can I write? Right. Well, yeah. right. Because those are the distractors that become the procrastinators because in your visual line, you've got other stuff that keeps you into the mode of, I have to keep that clean before I can do this. Yeah. And many, many, many people do that of like, if the house isn't clean, I can't do that. Yep. I do that. Yeah, well, right. I yeah. don't function the same way, you know, if I have to do something, it's like, Ugh. so, yes, I get it. So, so reduce the things that are taking you off task. Yes. Easier said than done, but, God, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, but if you take it, I was a little, taken off task this morning. I, I, I'm <laughs> aware. Why we're late. <laughs> I'm aware of this. We are all aware that you were taken <laughs> off task this morning. Yeah. It's all good. I was very patient. You well, were. For all the, for all the listeners, I sat quietly because I knew he was, Catching up. <laughs> he was, um, yeah, Lou was having a moment. I so I just kept quiet. I stayed on the phone. I drank my coffee. Because I didn't get to do my job. My job was to get the show off on time. I'm glad it was you today, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and for all the listeners who are listening today, who like to know what I was drinking today. Oh, yes. Today I'm drinking iced hazelnut or toasted almond with a splash of skim and sweet milk. Is it from Duncan's or yes, from Yes, it is, it is actually... From Duncan's today. You're not fooling us all. Nope, not today. <laughs> I wasn't fooling anyone. I said it was homemade. <sighs> I was just, re and this is a new cup too. But if the weather ever gets better, another way to uh, access this and this cleanliness and uncluttering your mind. Yes. Clean the damn car. Oh, that I didn't even get there. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Oh, I mean, oh but boy. that's simple. That's contained. You mm. know, you just take a bag out and just pull stuff out of the console, and you know, you're pretty good. Yeah, well, it's the same kind of issue as people have in their bedroom. Yeah. I've seen some cars that, whew, I was driving by a car the other day. I'm like, man, that is. Oh, you mean like the outside of the car? The inside. Oh, the inside. You yeah. could see. You know, it's, it's one of those cars that had like a pillow, a lamp, a sleeping bag. There was no space to sit except for the driver's seat because everything. I imagine a cop pulled them over. It, be pulled over because they can't see through their it's funny now i'm recognizing all these things in my behavior it's like i used to love i haven't done it in a while but i used to love just going to the vacuum cleaner at the car wash just vacuuming oh, out the that. car oh, you don't do that anymore i love doing that yeah, i haven't done it in a while right it's cleansing do it now. yeah it's just it's like cleansing. having a clean maybe you and i well. just have an obsessive compulsive disorder that I, we I, like to have clean i have tinges of it i really do it's, i do too like i said even though i'm sure i'd be disagreed with i grew up in a very chaotic environment well yeah, it's kind of the same way. And it wasn't um, it wasn't physically chaotic that much. It was just mentally chaotic. So I just have both. <laughs> calming things down. But like you know, if the knife gets put in the wrong, you know. Oh, that makes me crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, John, no, John, to be John's here. learned to just run. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm like. Um, um, you know, mommy dearest, like, why are there wire hangers? I'm just kidding. And she, has, <laughs> and she has no knife selection skills. <laughs> it's like she'll take the butter out, right, and pull yeah. out a steak knife. It's like, that's only be used for an animal you are dissecting to eat. <laughs> there are butter knives. There are better ways to do this. See, so everyone... Lou and I could have a post a post show that you guys won't be privy to because Lou and I have some things. No, but I'm to... aware on it. I'm aware of it, and I Awareness work on it. Awareness is key. Yes. Yes. You could pick up the butter, and it's got serrated knife marks in it. It's like, what was going on here? <laughs> well, hey, you could be at my house, and there could be fork marks. Oh, in the butter? Yes. That's not right. Or when certain nieces and nephews or nieces use the butter. The 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 corn butter, the roll butter yep. for everything, instead of that just being the corn. You know, oh, I see. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, how old are the nieces? Sixteen and fourteen. Oh, uh, see, no. <laughs> this is why I rolled my eyes. No. <laughs> By then, you should know. Yeah, well, well, the should the word in there should yeah. is the key. 
But so. the thing is, as soon as I have these emotions, I start laughing at them because who really cares? Exactly. <laughs> so, well, so next week you'll all have to tune in to see what Lou does with the sleeping bags. Will Lou, <laughs> oh, they're Lou... going to be gone. Okay. They're going to be gone because I, I recognize the silliness of it. Okay, so I'm, I was I'm, in the I middle know of this. Away. Don't just throw them away. See, I'm of the mind. Don't throw them away. Bring them to like the good world. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair Don't enough. Don't throw yeah. them away. I'm big on that. I will Re-utilize do that. Reutilize yeah. them for someone else. Just don't throw them away. I was in the middle of the conversation. I was aware of what was going on in myself, but I still couldn't stop myself. Well, it's because you're trained. Yeah. Trained to compete with your partner, to win. <laughs> it's the right fight yeah. to win. No, because there's never no. a, there's never a win. <laughs> but we. Oh God! All right. All right, you guys. I've, Lou and I are going to go have a conversation about this. <laughs> and we'll fool you in next week on how to win you, a conversation with your significant other. Are Good you familiar luck. with the term pirate victory? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am familiar. Oh, my God. All right, you guys. Well, um, happy health with your allergies. Yeah, go, go declutter something. Go declutter your kitchen and your bedroom and get out there. All right. Yeah, half, do half the task. Just yes. clear off the counter yes. entirely. Look, at you're so excited. And- I am excited. I'm going to go home and do it. I know. I know. At least I inspired somebody. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. Seriously, though, have a great week. Happy Mother's Day for all the moms out there and everyone that's not a mom. You're still a mom because if you're taking care of somebody, (laughs) Lou, (laughs) (laughs) um, you're still a mom. So have a great week.